The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson, Richard James and Chris Dale. Hey, sorry. You right? Do you know, I, well, I was just thinking, I've yeah. got an incredibly important thing. Oh, right. Because, well, this yes. week... Yes. It's, it's your birthday, isn't it, coming up? Uh, yes. And also it's, it's Mummy A's birthday. Yes. And in previous years, yes. we've done a little joint... Yes, so great. We, what have you got we, planned then? Uh, well, I, 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 that's why I was staring blankly, because I realised I haven't planned anything yet. Wow. Be a bit awkward when we record the next podcast. Yeah. Because, frankly, when we record the next podcast, my, still my birthday won't have happened. So we won't know whether to refer to the fact that we did something for my birthday, or whether I refer to the fact that we didn't do anything for my birthday. Okay. Right. Fine, let's ignore yeah. that. But okay. oh. this week is uh, Mummy A's birthday. So and my birthday. Happy and yours. Happy birthday, Mummy A, and happy birthday, Richard the James. Thank you. Stop calling me that. Oh no, no, you can for this week only again. Yes, yeah. while awesome. Ronnie's with us, the amazing Ronnie the Drew. But I am Richard the James, and you are uh, Jamie Anderson. <laughs> no Luz here. Ah, oh, shame. And joining us a little later on the randomizer so far is Chris Ladale. There he is. Hi guys. Hi Chris. Ah, oh. doesn't he look well? does. Yeah, has he been out or something? Yeah. You know, into the fresh air, we've got very, some sunshine. Very perky. Very perky. Um, Calm down. And all of us here are yes. contributing to what is known uh, informally yeah. mm, mm. as the, the Jerry Anderson, Anderson podcast. podcast. That's really nice we said it together. Is it? Uh, I but, thought it was cool. No, okay. Uh, Roddy DeDrew, who we've mentioned a couple of times already, mm. uh, puppeteer extraordinaire, will be joining us for the second part of his interview a little bit later on, yep. as will Chris Ladale for the randomizer. We've yep. got Fabla Facts coming up shortly, and we've heard from Les Podsterons, who oh. have been emailing us at podcast.jerryanderson.com and commenting on our Facebook group. Yes. Facebook.com slash groups slash podsterons. That's it. And also, oh, yeah. we've got uh, own fab fact. Yeah, well, I mentioned that. Did I? Yeah, oh, I mentioned it. Sorry. I was, right. I was miles, miles away. away. I'm still thinking about birthday things. Uh, oh, how exciting. Yeah. Go on, then. I'm, I'm thinking about the fact that I, I haven't planned a, a, a birthday thing. Just get your fab facts out. Okay, here comes a fab fact. Now, time for this week's fab facts. It's fab, fabla facts. Right. Um, that no, doesn't work, though, does it? It's lay fab fact, surely. Lay fa- earn fab fact, it's whatever. Wait. Anyway, um, I've got a... Hold a, it up a bit more. A, a livre. A livre. Or is it a cahier? I don't know. Um, I, I'm going to flick through it. There's fab facts in it. You'll yeah. shout fab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, 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 yeah. the, the, the usual. Have yeah? you taken the old one out? Shh, shh, oh, sorry. <clears throat> Are you ready, Richard James? Born ready. Good, here comes the uh, flicking of the fab facts. Fab! Oh. Yeah? Well, I, I don't know. There's okay. certainly some words on the page All Right, here. that's a good start. Oh, mm, oh. Do you oh. know what? For the second week in a row, yeah. it's another very long one. Right, I'll settle in. Go on. So get comfy. <sighs> Make yourself comfortable, yeah. Richard James. That's me. These days, we rather take for granted the fact that... Sorry, does it actually say that in the book? Yeah. How does it know that you're going to be... It, it doesn't know. The author... Of the book knows. If the book is it sentient. When was it written? I mean, at the beginning of the podcast, uh, when you start hosting it, Richard James. Yes. These days, we rather take for granted the fact that pretty much every episode of every Anderson show is available for us to watch whenever we want, don't we? <laughs> yes, Jamie. Mm. Uh, okay. Well, with the sad demise of network, it's true that most of the shows are currently out of print in home mm. media in the UK. But 
it's still not hard to find DVDs and Blu-rays from various outlets, including, of course, at the official Jerry Anderson store, shop.jerryanderson.com. There you go. <clears throat> little plug there. Yeah. Uh, but in the early days... Can you get little plugs at the Jerry Anderson store? <laughs> yes. Bra- branded with the A logo. Oh, that'd be great. Mm. I'd buy them. Anyway... Oh, yes. In the early days of home video, even before the Anderson shows were slowly starting to creep out onto VHS, many fans would be reliant on recording the episodes from TV broadcasts. Yeah. Assuming, of course, that any channel would actually ever show them again. Right. What? There was no guarantee, was there? I see. Um, In 1981, fans were excited to learn of a scheme devised by LWT and ITC that would finally bring lots of the classic ITC shows back to television after many years off air. Oh, yeah. This scheme involved teaming up uh, one or more of the shows and offering them for sale to the UK's regional stations as a bundle package. Uh, One region would purchase a bundle package of, for instance... The Champions and Return of the Saint and offer it to all the other regions for free to show at off-peak times. For free? For free. Right. Uh, This package approach ran for a number of years, so it must have been quite successful. The Anderson packages included... Yeah. Thunderbirds, Stingray and Joe 90. Well, the classics. Space 1999, (gasps) Year 1 and Year 2. The Protector Season 1 and The Protector Season 2 and... The Adventurer, which of course is non-Anderson ITC. Yeah. Um, we've talked about that on previous Fab Facts. We I'm have, sure you'll recall. yes. <clears throat> and mm. 5LXL5 with Captain Scarlet and the Mysterons, mm. which is the topic of today's Fab Fact. Yes, uh, all of that was a preamble <laughs> to the what? actual Fab Fact. Wow, um, okay. But I'm sure it was entirely necessary <laughs> for context. <laughs> now, <clears throat> although several regions bought the XL5 and Scarlet package... Mm-hmm. It was then up to them how they showed the episodes, with most reasons showing each series in two blocks across 1985, a fine year, uh, and 1986, also okay, uh, (laughs) rather than all at once, and in whatever order they felt like. Mm. Many Anderson fans who had VCRs, for our younger viewers, those are machines capable of playing VHS tapes. And recording, obviously. Uh, uh, many Anderson fans who had VCRs were just grateful that the shows were finally being aired again, or being aired at all, that they could finally own them, providing they could afford enough blank tapes to record them. Do you remember when they were, it was really exciting to get some blank tapes at Christmas or whatever? Oh, yes, but they had to be the right length. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, you'd, you'd have to cut off a... Or... Oh, C90, yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh. oh, is that... No, that was audio cassette, the C90. Yeah. It? Oh, interesting. Anyway, uh, this is for another oh. fab fact in the future. Yeah. However, mm, right, yes, still going. Right, Captain Scarlet fans in the London region uh, would not have it so easy as LWT shelved their Captain Scarlet repeats in April 1986 after showing only eight episodes. Oh, harsh! How dare they? Yeah. Uh, the remaining episodes did not appear until August 1987. <sighs> year and a half later, when in a curious foreshadowing of how new Captain Scarlet would later premiere uh, within the Saturday morning series of Ministry of Mayhem rather than as a separate show, mm. they were aired as part of Night Network. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Mm. I'm not familiar with Night no. Network. Um, Night Network was an LWT series that generally ran from 1am to 4am on weekend nights from 1987 to 1989 <laughs> uh, and was a magazine show aimed at young adults and Insomniacs, uh, featuring celebrity guests, bands, movie reviews, and even a quiz featuring your friend and mine, (gasps) Nicholas Parsons. Oh! Um, Oh, 
Go on. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure that would have been a pre-record. He wasn't up at one o'clock in the morning no, doing a quiz. Um, but of course, it also featured all those remaining episodes of Captain Scarlet. Yes. However, mm. another, another however. however. Yeah. Oh, okay. Each Keep episode of Scarlet was cut up into three segments and aired at different times throughout the show, meaning that viewers whose only interest in Night Network was seeing Captain Scarlet would either have to stay up until 1 a.m. and record the entire night, which would take up an entire VHS tape, or yeah. sit through the whole show just to record these snippets of Scarlet whenever they happened to come on. So if you thought Ministry of Mayhem's treatment of new Captain Scarlet was bad, well, it was, uh, but it was nothing compared to the frustration of catching the original Scarlet on Night Network in 1987. So feel sorry for those viewers. Right. Despite this, Captain Scarlet seemed to be one of the more popular parts of Night Network, with Scarlet himself making appearances in the studio in the form of mime artist Gavin Robertson, oh, former guest on the podcast. Yes. And the hosts actually gave the show a fond farewell when Scarlet left the series on February the 12th, 1988. Hmm. Uh, it's worth noting that hmm. night's episode is currently available to view on YouTube, uh, albeit with the Scarlet episode clips cut out for copyright reasons. Hmm. So, Posterons, right. if you've made it thus far, yes. were any of you one of those Captain Scarlet fans from the years 1986 to 1987 who stayed up all night to see the Spectrum Gang on Night Network? Do you look back on those days fondly? Catching Night Network after staggering in from the pub, or was it just a nuisance having to stay up so late? Do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you Sorry. with your VHS woes. Well, so, what, so what was that about? It was about Night Network. Right, showing Captain Scarlet, Scarlet really late. Really I mean, late I've just night. summarised it in a couple of sentences there. Yes. I don't know why the book had to go you on a great You didn't use night. enough howevers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, interesting. Well, I mean, Space Precinct of course, suffered in the States, particularly of, uh, with, with, with late-night showings, yeah. which is why it didn't was it, perhaps perform was it as well. cut into three? I don't think it was cut into three, no, but went out Just at outbreaks. silly times. Yeah, outbreaks, yeah. Mm. Yes, yes, I remember Lou Hirsch saying that his mum had called and said, I saw your show... That's, no, that's Lou, that's not his mum, is it? I bet she sounds quite similar. <laughs> I saw your show last night at three o'clock in the morning. Well, yes. she, she's podly, podly as well, uh, I noticed. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Um, anyway, yeah, is, is that, Postron's, the worst iteration of an Anderson... Not, of a fab fact. I was going to say. Of an Anderson show being um, spoiled, Abused. ruined. Mm. I was yeah. going to say something rude there. But, right. So, yeah, mm. spoiled. Mm. Uh, by bizarre showings. Do let us know. Podcast at jerryanderson.com. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, which brings this, I'm really not sure where this is no. going to the mm. end of this week. Yes. However, however fact. <laughs> however. 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 Mm. Now, do two howevers kind of correct themselves? Into what? Into a... Into a... Thus? A certainty? I don't know. Mm. Mm. Anyway, it doesn't really matter, does it? Uh, you well, are... Richard, I don't know. Uh, do you want to do a little secret? Yes. None of this does. No, you're right. Yeah. I was about to say you are watching and listening to the Jerry Anderson podcast, but are you still after that fab fact? I mean, are I mean, you? I'm not. <laughs> Coming up, we've got Ronnie DeDrew. Uh, we've got some more uh, emails from our Podstrons, which we'll read out in a moment. And, of course, the amazing randomizer will be with us a little later. With Chris Ladale. But in the meantime, mm. someone's left the door open. Have they? Silly. This is the voice of the Podsterons. Yes, it's the voice of the Podsterons. We have a bulging bag of emails this week, so I'm going to crack straight into it with Steve Bushell again. Again? Gets in touch with us just about every week, just Steve. Oh, Hi, guys. Steve. Uh, just listening to the podcast during the post-lunch and King's Speech lull. So we're going uh, back quite a few weeks now. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, he said this on Christmas Day, which is nice. Yeah, and he was listening thoughtful. to the podcast on Christmas Day. Oh, well, we did have one out on Christmas Day, so that uh, makes sense. Yeah. 
Now, we know that Chris is a fan of Jerry's shows and Jamie is a Hoovian, but mm-hmm. what floats Richard's boat? I know. Is he perhaps a theatre buff or steampunk enthusiast, or is he a closet Barbie collector? By that I mean he keeps Charlotte's Barbies in his wardrobe. Nice. Actually, I just keep Charlotte in the wardrobe. Yes, correct uh, too. Another fantastic year of pods, says Steve, and another year to come. Wishing you all a very Merry Christmas and a joyous 2024. Looking forward to it from Steve. Well, well Merry thanks, Christmas Steve. to you too, Steve. Yes. On the uh, 22nd of January. Yes. It's only three weeks ago, four weeks ago, it's, isn't it? It's That's less fine. than a month. It's, it's fine. fine. Less than a month. Yeah, exactly. What floats my boat? Star Anything Trek. Really? Star Trek, yeah. But also a bit of theatre, a bit of Shakespeare. And Doctor Who. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, Peter Davison. That's Richard's doctor. All right. What? Let's move on. And say it in a horrible way. I know it's a Jerry Anderson podcast, isn't it? Okay, fine. Moving on. Yes. Simpsons Clips 24. Now, so straight back over the Jerry Anderson theme, I would think. Well, let's hope. Hello, Richard, Jamie and Chris. Hello. Simpsons Clips 24 here, and I hope you're having a good 2024 so far. I'm Not bad. I'm having a reasonable one, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, oh. or fortunately for some people... Mm. I have not been able to think of a Lavender Castle-related question for this email. What? Kind regards. Wow. Uh, uh, so I shall have to ask you something else instead. Okay. In December, the news came in that Universal Studios had acquired land in Bedford and was at the early stages of exploring its feasibility for a park and resort. Oh. Now, mm-hmm. this set my mind in motion for what might be featured at the park. Mm-hmm. The Wizarding World of Harry Potter seemed an obvious choice, but the Warner Brothers Studio Tour is only a few minutes away from the site. But then I discovered that Paddington and James Bond could get attractions, as Universal distributed the last Bond film, No Time to Die, ah. and probably Lord of the Rings 2, hmm. which led me to wonder. Right. With all these British IPs potentially getting themed attractions at Universal Studios Great Britain, could we see any Anderson-themed attractions? If so... What would you like to see? Oh. S-I-G. Ah. Simpsons 24. Well, I know what you want. Go on. Space Precinct on Ice. Yes. Yeah. God, I haven't mentioned that for a while. No, you haven't. I was going to say Space Precinct, of course, but Obviously. I'd like a cruiser ride. would be fun, wouldn't it? Would you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. Like a, like, a, like a, what do we call it, when it, when it doesn't actually fly, but it's just uh, a simulator. Simulator. Imagine that. Yeah. Flying through the streets of I used to love going on simulators when I was a kid. With yeah. Dad, actually. He was quite keen. Yeah, really? They were quite cool bits of tech. Yeah. Um, yes, possibly. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly, you know, some sort of Thunderbirds or Scarlet escape room. Or rescue. Yes, yeah, that's right. Some sort of rescue. Some sort of volcano thing, probably. A volcano? Yeah. That's very specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it just popped into my head. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Any of those things. F- fly, crash an eagle. Stingray, uh, underwater, all that. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, like the old... Um, 20,000 Leagues uh, ride at Disneyland oh, yes. Florida, right. is it? Right. Yeah, I, I love that. Would you go kid. in the Nautilus and it goes... Yeah, but it doesn't It doesn't no, really, no. but it does. Yes. I, I, I like was it. completely convinced as a kid. Yeah, like it. Anyway, uh, yes. Pen pillows. Yes. Hello, Says, Pen. Hello, Jamie. Richard, you were asking in the Christmas podcast about blue plaques. Remember? Yes, we did. Well, anyway, here's the criteria from oh. Wikipedia. Thanks for keeping us entertained throughout the year. Looking forward to whatever you have planned for us in 2024, FAB Penquilla. Do you want to know the criteria for having a blue plaque? Uh, yes, please. Dedicated to you. Uh, well, to be eligible for an English heritage blue plaque in London, the famous person concerned must have been dead for 20 years or have passed the centenary of their birth. Fictional characters are not eligible. OK, well, we should be all right then. Yeah. Uh, they must be considered eminent by a majority of members of their own profession and have made an outstanding contribution to human welfare or happiness. OK, I think I we mean, can tick the box on that one. all the boxes. Well, uh, not on centenary yet, or 20 years. Sure. 10 years, but... Yes. Uh, must have lived or worked in that building in London... 
for a significant period in time of importance within their life or work and be recognisable to the well-informed passerby or deserve national recognition. Oh, well-informed passerby. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very specific, that's nice, isn't, isn't it? it? Okay. Uh, anyway, other schemes have different criteria which are often less restrictive. In particular, it's common under other schemes for plaques to be erected to mark the sites of demolished buildings. Mm. Which might be nearer the mark, mightn't it, Consider, considering the Slough yeah, trading Slough estate. just down the road from That's where we right. are now. Okay, well, so we can certainly say, though, uh, no blue plaque for Dad until yep. at least 2029. Okay. Or... 2032. Right, whichever comes first. Well, 2029 comes first. Yeah, but those would be our two opportunities. Yeah. Mm. Could Thanks, happen. Ben. Mm. Uh, I have one. Right. From Tabitha Hoop. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, surface agent. Yes. Tabitha says, Dear Jamie, Richard and Chris, I hope this email finds you well and you had a well-deserved Christmas break. Well, was yours well-deserved? Uh, not really, You didn't no. have a break either. No. No, I, I didn't really. No, didn't really stop, did we? Coming home for the holiday, I find myself grateful for the gift you've given me by introducing me to the work of Jerry Anson over a year ago now. Ah. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm sure my life would have continued without my beloved Stingray, but you have given me something to share with my dad, which I really do appreciate. Neither of us are particularly social creatures, so having something to bond over has made my year. Lovely. Oh, That's lovely, isn't it? Isn't that a lovely thing? Perfect. Intergenerational bonding yeah. and yeah, finding sort of, you know, things that we can all enjoy together. Exactly. That's part of the point of the Jerry Anson podcast. Indeed, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Tabitha. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. All for now, do keep coming in because we love to hear your emails at podcast.jerryanderson.com. It's quite easy, really, isn't it, to send an email these days? Please don't do the whole PowerPoint slide thing. Yes, you can just email us, podcast.jerryanderson.com. Done. Right. Moving on. Okay, I sense that you want to get to the second part of my interview with Ronnie LeDrew. Yes, please, Richard the James. Right, get out of the chair then. Okay. Goodbye. Au revoir. Au revoir. Ronnie was born in Toronto, Canada. His numerous television credits began in 1964 with A Touch of Don Juan, narrated by Douglas Fairbanks Jr. However, he's probably best known as Zippy from ITV's Rainbow and later Rainbow Days, but fear not, Antifans. He's also managed to get his hands on or into some puppets from the Jerry Anderson universe too. Let's meet the puppet master himself, Ronnie LeDrew! Welcome back, Ronnie. Thank, Thank you. you for joining us again. Thanks for last week. Oh. Uh, sort of a whistle-stop tour, really, of your career. Yes. Focusing a little on the early days. Um, so we'll come back to that shortly and see where you progressed via the Angel Theatre in Islington. Oh, right. Lovely. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you about your other uh, uh, experiences and credits, too. And Thank you. perhaps be introduced to a few more guests Absolutely. from the table. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but... Last week we played Super Identification, yes. uh, in which we asked you to name as many Jerry Anderson series as oh, you could from those yeah. very quick clips. And you were very quick on the earlier stuff, I seem to remember. Yes, that's my childhood. Exactly. The earlier stuff. So perhaps it's time to have a look at your uh, favourite oh, Jerry right. Anderson character. Ah, let's have okay. a look at this. Ah. Hey. <laughs> hey, have a bother this before I take it to my horse. <laughs> oh, I say, lovely Kenneth Connor. Yeah. How awfully decent. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's sweet, you see. I love that character. I don't know why. You ready, Bullis? Sure. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, that bum, 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 bum
It must have been dope. I'll show that scoundrel. Oh, Good old Rocky. Yes. To get over the um, the um, horse's leg yes. movement, you know, all that ground row in front. That's right. But it makes yes. it's great. It's Clever, really it? good. And it's the finish. Of course, he's won. Yes. That was nice, that little there jump There we up. go. There, so you chose Rocky the Horse from yes, Four Feather Falls. I know, isn't it funny? <laughs> I know people think, my goodness, you've got such a choice. And I did. Yeah. But I, I thought, now let's go back to my childhood. Let's yeah. remember what I thought was fun. Yeah. And I loved him and I loved the voice of... Kenneth Conner, you know, as you mentioned. Conner, exactly. That's right. And, you know, I was a great fan as a kid of all the carry-on films as oh, yeah. well. So, you know, yeah. it was a link there too. But I, I thought they were great and, I mean... Um, what's his name? Um, Parsons. Yes, Nicholas Parsons. Nicholas Parsons, Parsons who did yeah. wonderful. I mean, yeah. and, and his wife then did the all the granny, didn't she? That's and it. All that Denise and, and, and later Zelda in. Yes, Hawks. indeed, she did. Yeah, yeah, yes. that's right. And it's interesting you mentioned there the, the sort of the, the cheat in a way. So they didn't, oh, yeah. didn't have to see the horses' hooves and legs. Yeah. So we had the foreground moving yeah. very quickly. Yeah. But actually, the the scale. Imagine trying to mount a horse race with puppets is oh, extraordinary. In, this is early days yeah. for, for Jerry. You know, Absolutely, it's still nineteen fifties and. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. actually it shows that you can do pretty much anything, can't you? You can. That's you can. the joy. I mean, it does take time, yeah. but it's doable. Yeah, that's right. And what is it particularly with puppets and animals? There's something about puppet animals specifically mm. that really catches the imagination. Oh, I don't know. I think we all liked... I, I'm, I, well, I put it down to sort of cuddly toys we had as a kid. Yeah. And, you know, we always had a teddy bear or we had an animal that we... You know, we loved and we spoke to as a kid, you know, it was yeah. a private little conversation. Yes, that's right. And I think the puppets, in a way, are live, if you like, versions mm. of those sort of characters that you one talked to as a kid. Mm. I mean, that's one of the sort of, uh, I yeah. suppose, the thoughts I had about it. Yeah. I, I just know that uh, uh, if I, well, let me put on yes, one come character. On. Here come we on, go. it's easier. Now, this is, <laughs> you'll know who he is, but he's quite an old version of him now. This oh, is yeah? Sweet Hello, from Sooty and Sweet. sweet. Oh. You're going to speak? Pardon? Oh, you don't whisper normally. Oh, have I got to put the reed in my mouth? Oh, I've got to put the reed in my mouth. <laughs> right. Well, that makes the squeaky noise, everybody. Oh. Don't do that. That's naughty. Anyway, sweet, you're very kind. Thank you for doing your little voice for us. And why are you scratching your ear like that for? You've got fleas. No, you haven't. Anyway, this was, you see, again, it's like my reaction to him. Yeah. Everybody's reaction. He's cuddly. He's, yeah. he's uh, lovely. And you've got yeah. the added bonus that we all know Sweep. I yes, know Sweep. Exactly. It's like I'm being, you know, I have an old friend sitting across the yeah, table with me. Yeah. No, he's, he's lovely. And yeah. um, I was so lucky. I, I was, I'd been doing Rainbow for a while. And Matthew Corbett was one of the singers originally. Ah. Um, he wasn't there as a puppeteer or anything like that. He was a singer. He wanted to be an actor when he'd been to Central School and all the right. rest of it. Yeah. And um, sadly, Harry had a rather serious heart attack. Ah. And it meant that um, Matthew sort of stepped in. This was at the Christmas Mayfair Theatre, mm -hmm. um, uh, sort of um, pantomime, whatever they did at mm -hmm. Christmas. And so Matthew took over that. And then, of course, the series um, Sooty Show, which, is, of course, has been on and still on, yes. um, um, was being recorded in the summer. And they thought, oh, 
um, I don't think we can sort of have Harry presenting it totally because we're a bit worried about his condition. He's yeah. getting better by yeah. then, but he was still, you know, a bit frailer. Yeah. And so they said, look, we'll make Matthew presenter. And if that's all right, you know, you and then Matthew thought that's quite a good idea. But if I do it, I want to take over the whole ah, sooty okay. thing, which yeah. is fair enough. Yes. I can understand that. Make it his own. So yes. they did, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So he did make it his own ah. show. And then during the Rainbow, the, I can't remember what series it was. I yeah. think it was about, it was 70s, late 70s, something like that. Yeah. And he said, Ronnie, um, how about you working Sweep? Well, yeah. I've grown up with Sweep and <laughs> Sooty right. and Harry and all that on yes. television. So I wouldn't say no to that. And that was during the summer break, because Rainbow always had a summer break. Uh -huh. And being a Thames programme by then, Sooty, yeah. um, we went off two weeks location filming, right. which was such fun. Yeah. Yes, I can imagine. Um, you know, swimming in a pool. I was yeah. like there, you know, and the cameraman was on a bit poly, the camera was on a polystyrene thing so it could float and they were swimming. You know, oh, it was lovely do rock you, climbing, all sorts of uh, Do you feel things. part of that sort of, that lineage? You know, you mentioned uh, the Corbett's there. Yeah, and, uh, I do. I'm, uh, it was a pleasure to meet Harry yeah. and his wife, Marjorie, whose nickname is Tobes, like oh, Toby yeah. Jug, which was quite oh. a large lady. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, gorgeous, lovely, lovely couple. They lived down in Dorset and Child Oakford, and they had a studio built. Harry was an amazing, I mean, he was so tidy and kept everything in order and he had yeah. all his old films and yeah. old stuff and scripts and stuff i mean he was he was great and yeah. he had his grand piano in he because he wanted to originally be not so much a puppeteer but you know a pianist right you know, he'd like to be a concert pianist. right but sadly he had rather bad ears ah. he went deaf very early ah. and he had operations but it never was terribly right and so um well he ended I mean, up doing luckily magic. for us in a way he, absolutely yeah. lucky for us yeah, so yeah. Uh, extraordinary no, it was really lovely i better show you sooty haven't oh I, I come on then because i mean he is, the other. exactly now these are the as i say figures that harry gave me after one of the series Gosh. i did so there's sooty oh, and he has yes. got you've got your magic wand of course Shall i get it there it is izzy wizzy let's get Busy. Oh, thank you very much. Lovely. <laughs> Glad you didn't bring a water pistol. No, it's not down there. No. Anyway, there he is. So there, there's there's Sooty. And so you yes, oh, right. Now one. it's quite a responsibility, isn't it, handling these well-known yeah. characters? You've I mean, got to be I was careful, I guess. Absolutely. What they do. <laughs> and you know, again, Harry gave me lessons on how to do the read because uh, I, I thought it was like the ones you buy in the shop you right. press a little thing here or yeah, something yeah, or you yeah. ever oh no no you have to have a read this is one I've actually constructed myself the original read that I had sort of all went yes. a bit as they do they yeah. don't last forever right and so this is like a wooden sort of trumpety thing yeah you know Mr Corbett and yeah and, and it's sort of is is it's a, a good imitation of the yeah. original yeah. reads. It's, I put elastic. It's very funny. I've, I'm just remembering doing sweep on the on the set and the television. We did things like painting and decorating, and all the puppeteers were covered in mess ah. underneath, uh -huh. as you do. Of course. And uh, <laughs> I had a reed in my mouth, and it was I was all mic'd up, and the paint went into the reed, and it <laughs> and it stopped, and then it fell out. It came out of my mouth, and I'm. <laughs> Can't do anything. And they used to say, when in doubt, if anything goes wrong, because we had a live audience, yeah, kids there, right. Um, when in doubt, they'll always go to sweep, right? You know, and you just have to improvise <laughs> something. Yeah, I see. So that was Safe pair of hands. Yeah, sweep. Absolutely. Yeah, always. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that was that. So let's go back then. You mentioned the angel. Oh yes. Puppet theater in Islington. Yeah. 
last time. So mm. what sort of work did you do there and how long were you with them? Wow. Um, basically, I was there for from six... I'm just shutting my eyes to try mm. and remember. I think I started there in 64 mm-hmm. and I left eventually about 1969, 70. Okay. But I stayed there and, and we did wonderful European tours with the marionettes. We did shows, obviously, at the theatre. Yeah. I probably worked on nearly every show during that period that they had made and Building as well? Or not, not really so building. I'm not a puppet maker. Yeah. They were so brilliant in the workshop. I see. I used to sort of come and go, oh dear. And then John Wright was quite funny because I was a bit clumsy, believe it or not. Yeah. And he'd say, oh, turn off the lathe, turn off the <laughs> thing. Oh, we don't want Ronnie near that. Anyways... <laughs> <laughs> I said, you're all right up, you know, up on the bridge yeah, or yeah. down in the pit doing the glove yes. puppets or something, but don't... Uh... Anyway, I did do sanding. I was a very good sander of card, <laughs> you know, things. So I used to do that quite a lot. But, um, no, we did all sorts of puppets as well. Of course, being a theatre, he had a, a pit for glove puppets and rod puppets. We used marionettes and rod puppets and shadow puppets mm. and every kind of puppet you can mm. think of. And yeah. we performed, as I say, all over Europe. Quite the apprenticeship, really. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was yeah. wonderful. And, of course, puppeteers came to the theatre to see shows once they heard that there was a, a building mm. for puppets. Um, and and the audience now is... Um, I mean, it's, it's generations have gone now. It's, yeah, know, it's been, yeah, been right. around for a long time. But, obviously, at that point, then, perhaps you were starting to realise that you could make a career in this profession. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was already... I thought, I found my niche. Yeah. You know, that yeah. is it. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And... And I, we had done little bits of telly. We did some outside broadcasts where the telly would come to the theatre and, and I did a Pathé Pictorial or something. Mm. Like, I remember as a, a game very early, and again, I think it's on YouTube somewhere, where I walk up, I'm putting up a poster or something outside the theatre and then I'm I'm giving programmes out. This is 15-year-old boy giving out. Because I started <laughs> there at 15, Wow, you see. yeah, So, I, I mean, I didn't stay on to school. I, so, I mean, it has been a lifetime's yeah, work, hasn't yeah. it? That's extraordinary. 60 years this year, somebody right. told me. I yeah. thought, no, it can't, can't be. It right. can't be no, right. No, no, no. I'm only 25 and a half. Of course you are. <laughs> and, and which is your favourite medium? I mean, you've done TV, film and theatre work. Oh, my goodness. I love you? doing... Uh, it's really boring, but I love it. When I'm filming, I love doing the filming stuff. Right. It, there's a whole technical side to that, which I love. Yeah. I love, you know, cameras and yeah. all the technicality of yeah. all that. And if the director's really responsive, it's fantastic. You really, you know, you can put your ideas in. They put their eyes in. And, and they ask you. They There's a sort of um, a really nice sort of feeling from the director and the puppeteer. And if you've uh-huh. got that right, then... Things just so, you know, happen magically, and you don't mind the lack of a live audience in that. No, situation, not really. Then. I mean, it's the similar thing happened to, uh, in television. People say, yeah. "Oh, but you know, because you're so used to doing it to a live and that yeah. lovely thing of getting the response." Well, actually, the cameraman used to laugh, sure, and all the te- yeah. techies used to love coming to watch Rainbow because we yes. were a bit naughty, you know. Yes. In some of the camera houses, so was one does okay. yeah. after a while, yeah. and we and, and it, we had such fun yeah. doing stuff. I mean, people talk about the the naughty rainbow which is everyone watches <laughs> yeah. you know but it's it's it was just i don't know it's it i lo- i do love live stuff i'm yeah. really enjoying i mean this is lovely talking yes. to you yes so yes, yes. Off. yes i'm showing off my that's but right it's um it is just a fun thing to do i yeah. I, I don't know I, I i can't really say that i love one more than the other yeah. i think i really enjoy doing them all yeah fair enough now 
Oh. We have some more oh, viewers wow. and listeners' questions for you. Oh, uh, wow. I think there's quite a big handful there, so if you want to oh, take them all out, let's see if we can uh, see what happens. Yeah, oh, tackle them all. There's, there's quite a lot there. there we are. Let's have a look. We've got David Hollis. If you had a chance to put one of your puppets in an Anderson show, who would it be in which show? Gosh. Ah. Bonus points for an idea within that show. Maybe a scene that you would like to have seen them play. Oh, <laughs> right, wow. okay. So which of your myriad well, I of characters? Have, yes. I, I haven't got him here, yeah. sadly, but I have a dodo puppet. He's rather posh. Ah. And I think he would fit into... He would probably fit into Thunderbirds okay. Now, what scene? Yeah. Probably be, he'd be a, oh, actually, he might be in the, in the sort of, um, what do you call it, the control centre, you know. Yes. Uh, and he'd be one of the characters in there. Yes. Dodo is frightfully like that. <laughs> and he talks, and then he, you know, he knows an awful lot. I've been around for over 100 <laughs> years. So, I mean, that's the sort of Dodo Lovely. Character. So lovely. I think I'd do that. I'd <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah. Thunders. But, I mean, he'd probably be quite nice in Supercar even. You know, yes. some of the early ones. Sure. So, uh, that's right. And he is literally, a, as you probably people know he's the dodo bird with the big beak and everything. Yeah. I mean, one could put... He has had a costume on before now, uh -huh. but normally he's just with a sort of feather dust of tail and yeah. his lovely big beak. But, yeah. yeah, I think that would be the answer to that one, David. <laughs> Great. I that's all yes. right. <laughs> lovely. Steve Bushell, mm -hmm. did you get to meet Jim Henson when you worked with his Muppets? Also, does it still make your arms ache or do you get used to waving your arms in the air? Well, <laughs> um, that's a fair question, isn't it? It is a yes. very good question. Yes. Um, do you know, I do, I've, I teach puppetry, particularly glove puppets and rod puppets because that seems to be the puppetry uh -huh. that people like to do more now. As I said, string puppets take a bit longer. Yeah. Anyway, and I, one of the first things I ask, I say, well, put your hands up in the air and how long can you and I and I'm sort of chatting away and I have my arm up and people and, and then it's people are gradually going mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> and they go down to say well I think the answer to one of those questions is it it does make your arm ache if you have to keep keep it up there for a yeah. long time but you develop somewhere there's the muscles yeah. after a few years you know it's it's yeah. you're that's it. It's there. And another thing, I just did a glove puppet pantomime in Norwich Puppet mm -hmm. Theatre. They've got one there. Mm -hmm. I'm now a patron there as well. Lovely. I'm showing off a bit. No, that's very but good. Anyway, you carry on. <laughs> and um, I remember doing it. There was one scene and I was doing this uh, lovely, I think it was a fairy godmother or something. And I put my other hand there just to support uh -huh. it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. If it's long. But, you you know, there's ways around it. Yes. Now, yes. The other part of the question was, did you get to meet... Yes, I did get to meet Jim Henson. Uh, he um, was a genius, wasn't he? Oh, total genius. Yeah. And a lovely man. Yeah. Very quiet, mm -hmm. very unassuming, yeah. never shouted at anybody. I never saw him shout or yeah. get roused up or anything. Yeah. He was very honest. I remember when we started on Labyrinth one, and we were all sort of lined up as additional puppeteers on the day of the shooting of the um, wonderful David Bowie song, you know, it was the baby yeah. and oh, yes. the baby up in the air. Yes. And um, he said, now look everybody, um, just to let you know, um, this is going to take a few days to get this all shot, but um, your puppets will be right in the background. You are background puppeteers. You, I don't think you'll get a chance to get a close-up because if we do, 
we'll get one of our American puppeteers do right. it because, you know, they're okay. used to it more. And I thought that was kind of it. I didn't mind yeah, the yeah. fact that I was on this huge set. Yeah, okay. And she but he filmed. took the time to explain. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, I thought that was lovely. Yeah. Um, but another lovely moment was um, there was a wonderful lady, sadly died last year, a lady called Penny Francis, and she was very much involved in sort of puppetry community. And she had a, a, every year a wonderful Christmas party. She lived in Wimbledon. Mm. Uh, and um, it was a lovely big house. Anyway, the doorbell went. I was at the Christmas party. I was invited and having known her for a long time. And the doorbell went and I opened the door and there was Jim and Cheryl, uh, his daughter. And I sort of went, oh. And he went, oh, hi, I'm just coming. You know, and he was so sweet. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> Just a minute. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. Oh, oh, yes, do all come in. But, I mean, it was, it was, he was lovely. Yeah. And we did have parties at his house in Hampstead. He invited wow us around so yeah, yeah a lovely a genius and a very lovely kind superman and i've been very lucky to have met all the family yeah um so yeah, right. and they're all all great they're yeah. all different yeah. they're all amazing they all do fabulous things cheryl i know quite well i mean met her a few times yeah. she comes over here quite a lot brian of course is busy directing yes, all sorts of indeed, wonderful things that's right so let's have another question then see who okay, we've got next hey richard oh it's another it's a richard oh yes richard well, goodborn yes <laughs> a very good name <laughs> um, which anderson show would you have loved to puppeteer in <gasps> oh gosh there's so many yeah um i love sting can i say a few yes go on i think you i can. mean I, st- early days i'm yeah. i'd love for feather falls yeah I'd, you know, I was a kid watching that. Um, I love Stingray. I love Fireball X or Fire because I met John Blundell and, you know, yes. oh, I'd love to yes. work one of those puppets. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I have to say um, Thunderbirds and stuff. But um, I don't know. I'd, it'd be quite interesting to do uh, some of the later stuff just to see. I mean, I did work at Captain Scarlet and a Captain Blue and I did a yeah. commercial with Captain Scarlet. I can't remember what oh. it was. And um, I did. I found those quite difficult puppets to be honest right. to work yeah. because they were I mean they're very constructed very differently but what was interesting I've learned since you know that there was a whole lot of sort of puppeteering that was done like on the ground to hold the feet yeah. down okay. and so that they could do a little bit more and I you know the the, the size of the heads and things were more naturalistic yeah. and all the rest of it but uh, so it would be quite interesting to work I mean, that leads on, on to another question of mine, mm. really, which is how close or did you ever come close to working with Jerry on any of his shows? I mean, obviously, you were, you were too young with the early mm. days. Mm. Were you still too young by the time we got to the likes of Captain Scarlet and No, I would have done. I yeah. think I was so engrossed at the Little Angel. Yeah. I, I think I also... Um, I worked with a lot of other companies after The Little Angel. I worked, funnily enough, I worked with John Blundell himself, mm. who set up um, a puppet company in the Midlands Arts Centre. This was 69 to 70. Yeah. And I did a year there working with... Because his designs of puppets, he very influenced in um, Eastern European puppetry. Yeah. And that was fascinating to work. Oh. And that was all live shows. Um, and that was very exciting. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Did you ever meet Jerry at all? No, or? I no, didn't. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, it's a great pleasure to meet um, Jamie yes, for the first time. Yeah. And your good self, well, of course. <laughs> but, no, <laughs> but, no, it's um, I've always been fascinated. I've got I've got a collection. I mean, I've got the books that Stephen Rivera yes, you yep, know, yep. has written. Yeah, and I've right, got yeah. very... And I've got DVDs. Of course you have. You know, yeah, that's right. Have. Yeah. So, um, yeah. um, you know... the. All, all the all the greats. Yeah. Uh, so I'm still fond of it. More excellent. More Time for another one. Yeah. 
Paul Hider, I hope I've oh, got Paul Hider right. from China. Hider. Of all oh, places. is he from China? Oh, yes, there you oh, go. Oh, right. What's your preferred puppet type? Marionettes, hand puppets, rock uh-huh. puppets, or another? Uh-huh. Well, I've sort of answered that earlier, but I think I love marionettes because that was the first puppet that I worked, the string puppets. But I love working a rod puppet or a glove puppet. I think it's all about character for me. And so if they're Uh a difference, if it's a shadow puppet, it's got a great character. I love it. I I just fall in love with the character and the the way they're operated. It doesn't really put me off. I love working. Other other puppeteers have favourites, though? Yeah, I think there are. People do have, um, you know, their favourites. A lot of puppeteers today, newer ones, don't really touch marionettes because it's too difficult for oh, them to work, right. which gives me a bit more of an opportunity, <laughs> of course. Sorry. Yes. But um, the I think a lot of them probably do what we call the Muppet style, like the beaver puppet yeah. and um, the what we call tabletop, which puppets are worked on a tabletop. Usually the puppeteer is visible behind, yeah. and that's usually one or two or three puppeteers working yeah. the one figure to give an extra yeah. bit of movement. But yeah. uh, and I'll you know I'm happy to do that too. There's uh, a sort of a rebirth in recent years, certainly in terms of theatre, in, in having large scale puppets. Mm. I'm talking things like the Lion King in, in, in town and War Horse, yeah. famously. Wonderful. What do you think? Have you ever done anything to quite yes. that scale? Well, we did years ago, even before the wonderful big productions like you've just said. Mm. We did a production of The Soldier's Tale, which is a Stravinsky piece. It was mm. originally a ballet, I think, mm. but we did it with large scale seven foot puppets Mm. and we did it at the Queen Elizabeth Hall oh wow Um, that was probably 69 68 that sort of time it was a while ago yeah and it was the first time that we got or the Little Angel Theatre got um, amazing reviews from all the press Um, and during that time it took years for um, the press to come along and and sort of review a puppet show. I think right. they just thought, you know, yeah. where, where's the angel? Yeah, yeah. You know, where's the other? Th- you know, yeah. they really. It was wow. just wasn't sort of around, and taxi drivers didn't know, you know, <laughs> how to get there. But now, of course, it's so well known that people they know. But that gave us a fantastic boost, I think, to the theatre, to John Wright anyway at the time. And there was a company of about eight of us, maybe more. Yeah. I can't remember. And that was wonderful. We had Michael Flanders, the actor who was in a wheelchair for years and did Flanders and Swan. They, yes, they were yes. Lovely yep, musical yep. act. Uh-huh. Anyway, he did the narration. We had Daniel Barenboim conducting right. English Chamber Orchestra. Amazing. Early days for him, but yeah. wonderful. Yeah. And um, we had, it was all live voice, obviously, because it was yeah. a live show. And that was something, we were all in black, all, yeah. and put yeah. the puppets into lights from the side so yeah. that we disappeared. Uh, and that was quite yeah. something. But yes, I'm absolutely, I was, one of the moments for, I'll mention Warhorse because I've seen it about three times. Mm. And one of the moments I loved in that was when the little Joey uh, horse suddenly was a, a pit and then yeah. it became it grew in front of your eyes yes. as it were. Yes. It was just pulled back and another one was there ready. Yes. But and the change of lighting, oh, marvellous moment. And yet still a puppet. I mean, yeah, at its basic, absolutely. Still and a you saw And he was riding on it, yeah, but exactly. still a puppet. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you, know, you had two guys inside, you had yeah. the guy on, on the head That's with the right. long rod, yeah. and yet you didn't you didn't look at them. This no. the whole. I mean, the story was so moving anyway, yeah, yeah. and the fact that you could get somebody to ride. Uh, they had to be very careful where they. I'm sure they sat did. themselves on it, but yeah. well, it's yeah, it's fantastic. Amazing. And amazing. Lion King, I adored. Yeah. 
you know, lovely stuff. Oh, uh, another couple, right. I think, do we I have left I there? Have, or one, yeah. or how are we doing? Um, Simpsons clips. Oh, yes, that's right. right. Yes. Yeah. What was it like to be the puppeteer of Sweet for a time? Oh, well, there we go. Wow, well, we how lovely. Sweet. Thank you very much, <laughs> Simpsons clips. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was lovely. I mean, he's gorgeous. I yeah. still occasionally do a little bit of Sweet when I'm doing my own um, sort of talks about uh-huh. Ronnie LeDrew puppeteer sort of uh-huh. thing and I show these puppets and of course Sippy but no I love doing sweet naughty character yeah. who doesn't like doing yeah. a naughty character or a silly character or yeah. one that gets sort of stuff thrown at him and <laughs> he falls over or he loves sausages I mean who doesn't you know even if they're vegan <laughs> ones great. he doesn't mind you know <laughs> lovely uh, well let's head back into the world of Anderson very briefly lovely. then before we say yeah. goodbye with yeah, a very yeah. quick clip of a, a commercial we've mentioned a couple of times oh, over the right. last couple of weeks uh, this is for Drench oh yes Drench Water Water that's right yeah. back in the what was it 20 years ago maybe it must be about 20 years yeah. ago I would think so a very brief clip of this yeah. let's have oh, a look. thank you There you go. Oh, wow. Very, very quick snippet there. It is. Now, the most of it was the CGI. Uh At that point. At that point. But then when he slid to the Ah. front, that was the real puppet. Ah. And we just did that. Yes, I see. I mean, it's worth looking for on YouTube because obviously your work will feature on and off throughout that CGI puppeteer, CGI puppeteer. Absolutely. And there are moments, you know, where there's... The puppet is... In fact, when he's drinking the water, that's oh, yeah. the real puppet. Oh, yeah. Very clever, the way they had a sort of... Um, I think it was a rubber tube or something. So, but it looked as though the water was g- going into his yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah. And um, but yeah. It, I think it went down a tube in there. We had, you know, that was that took ages to get exactly right. And of course, you've got to have the the logo, of course, showing, that's you know, right. Of, and you know, the patch with the, exactly, yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. yeah, wonderful. But, uh, well, no, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Uh, what are you up to these days, Ronnie? Well, I am about to. Believe it or not, I'm about to go to um, Norwich on Sunday to do some school shows of the Christmas panto, Jack uh-huh. and the Beanstalk, which we did yeah. over Christmas. Yeah. Um, I've just had a phone call or a message today to say they'd like to do some reshoots of a film I did last year, oh. which is, um, I can tell you, I think I can tell you the name of it. It won't. I thought it was going to be out in the summer. I don't know whether it will be if they're doing some yeah. rebits, retakes, but um, it's called A Quiet Place Part One, and there were two films made previous to that, and this is the sort of prequel to the whole, and it's a sort of psychological yes. um, thriller. It's yes. all about strange creatures that come and, and if you right. make a noise... That's right. They, I've um, seen it, yes. Oh, you've seen I it? Know the, oh, I know lovely. The, yes. Wonderful. Amazing. And um, literally, I, as I was coming here to, to talk to you, yeah. I got this message saying, would you be free in early February to do Amazing. a couple... And I thought, oh, yes, lovely. So the work's still coming in, busier than ever? Yeah. Or I just, mean, just enough to keep you busy? Just enough to yeah. keep you busy, but <laughs> I'm, I'm also, you know, um, doing talks and teaching. Yeah. Um, um, you know, Great podcasts. Thank exactly. you very much. Fantastic. But yeah. Great. And before oh, we I'm say really goodbye, busy. where can we find you online then for listeners? Well, you viewers? can find me on Facebook, yeah. um, um, Instagram, um, 
X, is it? Twitter. Yes, right. Um, and um, uh, where else can you find me? Oh, gosh. Well, there's the well, website, Google. of course. Oh, the website. Now, it's that's terribly of... old. It is yeah. quite full. I used to put every single thing I did, even if it was about <laughs> five seconds on there. Sadly, it's so old, I can't update it anymore. Oh, yeah. And it's got an address there that I no longer live in right. and things like that. Yeah. But I've kept it on there because I yeah. sort of have. And I, my son's very good at... Um, yeah website stuff so I'm yeah. hoping he will adjust the whole thing for Absolutely. me because I'm hopeless <laughs> but, uh, well, anyway there you are you can find perfect. me on those places or Google Google yeah, me you'll find it. all sorts of stuff there lovely well, it's been a personal treat, I have to say, to meet oh, you today. And I really appreciate you coming all the way to Slough to join us. I know. On the Jerry isn't it podcast. iconic to come to Slough, <laughs> too. Right, that's fabulous. Right. Thank yeah. you so much, Ronnie LeDrew. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, how nice of him to join us. And uh, yes. he'll be back shortly, I think, to press the button for the last time on the old randomizer. Uh, randomizer, yeah. is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yes, what an amazing career. And how lovely to get to sort of an insight from someone whose whole life has been in puppetry. Yeah, and Anderson adjacent slash yes. crossing into, but yes. not not all about Anderson. No, absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, so yes, lovely. Thank you for joining us, Cheers, Ronnie. Ronnie. Next week, we have David K. Barnes oh. joining us for a couple of weeks. Uh, and Chris Dale will be sitting in the interview seat for that one. Willie. Yeah, David K. Barnes, famous for wooden overcoats, uh, podcasting and so on uh, so we'll probably have much to say about the Jerry Anderson universe because he's a big fan I yeah. know interviewed by uh, Chris K. Dale <laughs> yeah that's and right I'm not going to no, do that, no, don't do that. Yeah. Right. but let's head over to our Facebook group shall we which is uh, found at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash monster okay, you remembered it very impressive Connor Flanagan hello Connor uh, posted a picture of the Terrorhawks Deep Blue Z. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, this is an epic moment for me. Thank you, Chris, Jamie, Andrew, Clements, and Stephanie Briggs. What a stunning product. Very proud to have contributed to this. Big congratulations to everyone else involved. And a final big mention to Jerry Anderson and the original creative team who made Terrorhawks such a wonderful and memorable TV series. Here, here. There you go. Here, here. That's very nice. Quite nice. That's from Connor. Rob Doyle says, first time watching the podcast. Not too well at the moment, so taking advantage of being stuck at home and really enjoying it. Well, we're glad we could keep you company yeah. during your hour of need. Yeah. Are you feeling better? Oh, yes. Uh, Roger M. Smith. Mm -hmm. Great news. Oh, yes. He says, I have not been disappointed by any of the technical manuals. Ah. You can see how much care goes into them. This is very true. And as anyone who knows me will say... Fireball XL5 is top of my list. So thank you, Chris Thompson and all the team. You've made my 2024 already. Well, this is off the back of the news of the upcoming Fireball XL5 technical operations manual, which is a yes. lovely thing. Yes. I mean, they're all beautiful, all the tech manuals, but yeah. this one has got such a cool retro futurist vibe to lovely. it. It's, it's, it's a real stunning. Lovely. Uh, he says they've made his 2024 already. I mean, that's peaking early, it's isn't early it? days, yeah. It's all downhill <laughs> from here, Roger. Yeah. Uh, Dave Lawson says, I thought this was relevant, and he posted this. If you identify a UFO as a UFO, then it becomes an F-O. Rude. Unless it has landed, then it's simply an O. It's true, isn't it? He says it would have made some of the scripts in the series UFO interesting. Paul, when the UFO lands, identify it and bring back the occupants of the O to base. <laughs> You're right, Dave. It's, it's true. Yes, thank, a UFO thank just goodness. becomes an, an O if it's identified and, and landed. Thank good. Or could it just be an identified landed object? An ILO? Oh, ILO. It's more better than an O. It would be an earthly landed object and it could be an LO. Tr yes. LO, LO, LO. LO, LO, LO. Perfect. Good. Um, let's move on. Hannah. Anna says, I just want to say thank you to Jerry Anderson for giving me and many other people so much fun and entertainment. Since childhood, I have always loved Thunderbirds. Mm. 
My favourite episodes include Terror in New York City, great choice, City of Fire and The Uninvited. Now I'm watching and enjoying his other shows too, with Stingray being my second favourite. The biggest highlight for me is unquestionably Brit sci-fi event in Leicester back in June. That was fun, yes. It was lovely to meet you all again, and yeah. I had such fun watching both the podcast and Fab Live. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Chris's infamous um, yes. yeah, <coughs> error. Yes. Uh, I hope to get to meet everyone again in 2024. Thank you, Jerry, and may your work live on. Well, it c- continues to do because of all of you, Podstrons. Yes, so that's true. Yeah, we would literally be nothing without the Podstrons. Well, we would just be, what, was, what do they call us, two boring middle-aged blokes? Talking about nothing. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Something like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, all for now, but we often say our Facebook group is the friendliest place on the internet because it is. Yes. So if you're a Jerry Anderson fan and you're feeling a bit lost and don't know quite where to express your feelings about your favourite show, well, why not join the Facebook group and let them know what you think? Yeah, or even if you're not lost and you're very confident about expressing your feelings, please do join us. You Fair enough. don't have to be... You know, fragile or uncertain to join no. the, the, the group. Everyone's welcome. Now, talking of uh, people who are uh, fragile expressing their feelings, <laughs> it's time to head on over to the randomizer sofa to Is see it? what Ronnie LeDrew picks out of the randomizer. Oh, over to you, Good Chris luck. Ledale. Bon courage. Well, welcome back, Ronnie, and you've brought another little friend to see us I today. Have, this is... Uh, it's oh, Sweet. We all know who this is. This is Sweet. Hello, Sweet. <laughs> Lovely to see you. I hear you also would like to press the button on the randomizer today. I think, I think you absolutely should. And I think you're going to pick a great episode today. Let's see what we've got. Oh, well done. That was an expert button pressing there, sweet. Yep. And it looks like, ah, now what series is that we've got today? Show 90 indeed. And which episode is that? Big Fish. That's, that's right. That's a cracking episode. Well done, Sweet. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you, Sweet. Lovely to meet Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so here we are back with Joe 90, one of my favourites, uh, with an episode that uh, was one of the few I owned on VHS back in the day, Big Fish. Uh, I don't remember seeing this episode uh, broadcast, but we open with a submarine. Uh, I believe this is a World Navy submarine or similar. Uh, at the controls, we have uh, Shane Rimmer making a voice cameo. Uh, one of the few that he made in this show. Range 2,500 yards, standby missile one. Missile one, ready, sir. And this is a lovely bit of uh, uh, special effects work for the, uh, I was going to say pre-title sequence, but that's not what this is, is it? Steel 140. Uh, for the opening scene submarine preparing to launch an attack on some kind of naval vessel. Yes, this episode I think is one of those that has some specially composed music behind it. And this, the special effects stuff here is just beautiful. Uh, as the submarine prepares to open fire on some poor defenseless ship. And I, I like the build-up to this. I like the fact that there's no music, but I also like that it's a useful showcase for the fact that these kind of effects have evolved quite a bit since the days of Thunderbirds and Stingray. Because I remember in Stingray, there's a shot where a ship gets hit and it's just blown clean out of the water and you can see there's, the bottom was just wood. Whereas this, the disintegration of this ship is... It, it, it's almost done in sections. 
Uh, let's see what, what we get this time. Because we've got the, the hit to stern, I think. Uh, what are we going to get this time? Whoa, that was my chips. Bullseye! Yay! Good stuff. Yeah, we've got individual pieces flying off it, which I think works, works much better. And again, it shows the time and, and energy and attention that, that went into making these. Yay! We blowed up an innocent ship. Time to go home. I like as well that we stay with the ship for a few moments. Even after the sub leaves, we're like, well, we've got this footage of it exploding. We may as well use it somehow. Boom! Ho ho! Good stuff. Reload missile tubes. Yes, sir. Closing water outlets. And the interior of the, the sub here, uh, not so much the control room, but the missile room that we're about to see. Oh, water from tubes one and three. Is a lovely set, this. Uh, this just looks so real and so lived in and, and grimy. Uh, I, I don't know to what extent anybody from Century 21 would have actually been allowed to go and study real life. Automatic reload, tube three. <laughs> Nuclear submarines. But, oh, one of the external hatches is not closed. So we've got a bit of a leak. Sir, the missile room. It's flooding. What? Oh, no. Start the pumps. Yes, sir. Yeah. But the pumps aren't going to work. And now the sub is falling to the bottom of the sea. Uh, again, this is, is lovely stuff as well. Because it's hard to make water feel like it has a sense of scale in special effects footage. And there, I think they did a really good job. But we are coming up on a, a bit of a special effects fail, unfortunately, here. Because the sub is falling towards the seabed. It's not there yet, but it's getting close uh, as the water seeps into the missile room. It's no good, sir. And then we get this. Well, it, it's <laughs> nearly got this. Uh, yes, the sub is rolling down the seabed. And then that is a shot of it already on the surface, on, on the seabed before you even hear it hit the bottom. And I guess that's probably just, oh, whoops, we didn't film that shot for whatever reason. And this is only going to be shown once. No one's ever going to notice that. But it is one of the, the most obvious effects mistakes in the entire series, unfortunately. We've got to get clear. If they find us here, we're in trouble. Well, I'm the panicky captain. Yes, the, the submarine has drifted into enemy territory, which is not good. You don't want that for your submarine. Uh, so let's send out a, a little marker boy to, uh, yes, we're also going to radio back to base for assistance, which means we have to send out the emergency helijet with the emergency helijet theme. Uh, lovely piece of music. Again, I think it's only in that one shot, just for that one scene of a helijet taking off. We get this brash, pompous music. Pulse Library is building quickly, Sam. <laughs> that department of yours doesn't waste time. Hmm, that's the idea, Mac. It's great having the freedom to just take people's brain patterns without them having their consent to it, Mac. I'll get it. Even Mac, at this point, is just on board with it. Like, yeah, we've got a lot of people's brains that we've stolen here. It's an emergency. I want yeah. Joe and the Professor on Yes, this is quite an early episode of the series, for those who, who don't know. Uh, seven or eight, I think. 
The Navy's sending in a helijet to try and pick up the crew. Mm. And if they make it without being spotted, they've got to make it. And that's oh. so I love the way, and I may have mentioned this before, but I love the way David Healy says, got to. That such and such must be. It's, it's the, the energy he puts, the must, and the got to. It's just, oh. Mm. Ah, Q14. We've got Bill Fraser, Eagle Pilot. Sir William Fraser of the Secret Service. Yeah, it's quite a common name in Anderson shows. Fraser and Bill Fraser. But at least the crew can escape without uh, needing to be rescued. At least uh, they don't have to be cut out of the submarine. But I love the, uh, the sort of real world element to this part of the story where even though these guys get out of the sub all right and they get into their little dinghy, they've still got to contend with local search forces. They should pick uh, us up in three minutes with luck. Stand by. Yes, sir. Uh, sir, shouldn't you have helped me into the, the, the life raft before yourself, sir? I mean, you know. Captain's supposed to go down with the ship. You're the first one out of there, sir. Yes, there it is. Local uh, shipping. With a searchlight operated by Matthew Harding from the Secret Service. Oh, dear. But luckily, he didn't spot them. I also... I don't know. Let's hope not. I also don't know to what extent the captain's advice to get down is going to be of much help considering that, you know, if the guy spots a bright yellow dinghy, they're going to investigate whether they can see people in it or not. Glad to see him. <sighs> but hey-ho, our guys are rescued. Hurrah. Okay, Chief, leave it to me. And by that I mean leave it to Joe. That was WIN headquarters, London. The crew's been picked up. Yay. The mission's on. Now here's the situation. For years, Porta Guava's been in the grip of a military dictatorship headed by Juan Chavez. We've been working for free elections, and at last they've been forced to agree. I see. But if the uh, regime found that submarine, it would... Also, this is a lot to throw at the minds of, of kids. That's why we've got to get it out. Which is something I really respect this show for. It seems to be aimed at a slightly older audience than, uh, than a nine-year-old boy. The idea of, of throwing things like uh, countries that don't have free elections and such, uh, dictatorships and so on. You don't get many children's shows these days with dictatorships in. First and ask questions later. Except Peppa Pig. Get into the rat trap. I'll book a seat for you two on the midnight flight to Porto Guava. And then I'm out of this episode. I'm ready, Dad. All right, Joe. Just relax. Just relax. Relax, relax completely. completely. He'd do a very good uh, relaxation audiobook with Professor McLean. <sighs> and this just makes me happy. <laughs> Seeing Joe in the rat trap with the sound effects and the music and uh, all of the psychedelic imagery. It's all good stuff.
particularly actually like when they, they do mix it up slightly. And they did a little bit there where they, they put a few extra sound effects on it. But here we go, we're back from the advert break and we are now in Porto Guava. Uh, this is quite a similar setting to, I believe was the last time we, we did Joe 90 on the randomizer, was that Viva Cordova? Uh, which is an episode that also used uh, a lot of the music from this one. Here we are at customs, and inside we find <laughs> quite a grotesque caricature of this uh, Juan Chavez, president of the country. And a police chief with an eye patch, and Dr. Fawn as his lieutenant. How long will you be staying with us, senor? Oh, about a week, I should think. All this way for a week's holiday. It is a little unusual, is it not? Uh, even one week here is worth the effort, Captain. Oh, smooth. I hope you find it so. Good fishing, senor. Thank you. We hope so too. And this is a puppet that uh, I don't know if it was created for Joe or if it just never got used in Scarlet, but you, you don't see him until Joe. Smart gringo. I like the fact that he doesn't like Joe either. Uh, he played a lot of villains in this show. In fact, off the top of my head, I can't remember him ever not playing a villain. But, I mean, just look at this. The, the detail here, these... The, the boat in the foreground, the boats in the background, the buildings in the background, the, the vague sense of, of age and also industry. Anyone around? And here we get one of my favourite uh, incidental characters of any Anderson show, with a great name. Buenos dias, amigos. Miguel Alberto dos Passos Francesca at your service and I be <laughs> It's another fantastic Gary Files performance. We want to do a little fishing. This is the fastest most beautiful And I love the attention to detail in the the puppetry here. Um, there's those gestures but also the fact that this puppet is rigged to smoke which is um, very unusual. I've never quite been sure if it's smoke coming out of the puppet's nostrils or if there's some kind of pump somewhere else. Let's have a look. Yeah, so it's coming out of the puppet's head, which is quite impressive. Again, they did not need to take the time and energy that presumably would have gone into, um, you know, setting that up, but they did. Lovely. Who is that in the bright green gear aboard the ship? Dollars. A lot to pay for fishing. Unless... Miguel Amigo. I think we will go and take a look at these fishermen. And I like as well that they, they set up Miguel as... He isn't immediately a friend. He isn't immediately an antagonist. And even after he's introduced, you, you, you know, he could go either way. Um, the fact that he's watching what they're getting up to, on the surface looks suspicious, but, you know, it's his boat. Uh, he's got to keep an eye on things. He's intriguing, no? Where's the young senor? Ah, there's Joe. He's making his way down to the submarine to see if he can get on board and uh, blow the tanks, get it out of enemy territory, because if it's found, it could cause a bit of a problem. A bit of a problem there. 
Uh, and if anyone can do it, of course, Joe's going to be the one to uh, to sort it all out. I think this is just a preliminary examination. Yeah, he's seen the problem. Ah, time to go back. And there's something very restful and relaxing about watching watching just boats going by, set to this this uh, very gentle Barry Gray sort of Spanishy music. We're all set for tonight. Good. You'd better change, Joe. I think we'll go back to the hotel. Don't ever change, Joe. We love you just as you are. Ah, we recognise that hotel. Uh, Thunderbirds fans, at least, should recognise that hotel. That's uh, from Lord Parker's Holiday. Uh, again, I, I, I respect the fact that, you know, they, they're going to so much trouble elsewhere in the, the scene to create, like Miguel, like this room, I don't mind the fact that they then steal footage of a hotel from from a, a, an episode of a different show completely. If the work's already been done, why not? Lovely, lovely body language on that puppetry there. The the sort of, oh, I'm a bit shy about this. It's, it's beautiful stuff. Lieutenant in the police? What are you trying to say? Ah, I myself happen to be on the rocks today. There could be trouble. Yeah, and that, that's where Miguel cements himself as he's an ally, no matter what, which is nice. Minutes past nine o'clock. And you say the anchors were half an hour? Si, Capitaine. Oh. I think we will accompany the patrol boat tonight. Oh, oh. Never has that line been said so sinisterly. Si, senor. And again, the Barry Gray music here is just... There's just so much mood to that, that sound. This is truly an incredible adventure. <laughs> but, it is, but is it an amazing adventure? That is what we want from John 90. Gold? Sunken treasure? I told you, a big fish. And your boy is going to dive overboard and get it? That's right. Isn't it, Joe? Yes, Dave. You are mad. Your son is mad. I am mad. I'd like to get that on a t-shirt. It's a nice quote. Um, yeah, so, the patrol boat is now out. Looking for anything suspicious. Yeah, Matthew Harding doesn't get to work the searchlight tonight. There's another rarely seen puppet in the uh, wheelhouse there. Um, played the SKR4 navigator in Inferno. Sorry, this music, a lot of it just sounds so adventurous as well. It's lovely, the score to this episode. There's, you can probably already tell, a Joe 90 episode is generally, it gets a head start with me anyway. But there's nothing about this that, that doesn't work, but doesn't excel uh, all round. It's just the way this has been realized is exemplary across the board. Well, good luck, Joe. Fishing, Amico. He's such a nice character. He's very supportive, even though he doesn't know what on earth is going on. We should all be lucky enough to have a friend like Miguel Lamborto dos Passos Francesca. So, Joe has gone back to the sub. This is the night where he's going to do the deed. Special trying to dive so well, senor? Hmm? No, as a matter of fact, this is only the second time he's worn an aqua suit. 
don't quite, I didn't quite make out what uh, Miguel said there, but again, it's a lovely touch. It adds so much to the character. But speaking of characters, we have a giant clam that's gonna, well, it's opening, ready to ensnare Joe, should he uh, get too close. He's been down over 10 minutes. See, si, senor, everything is, listen. Uh -oh. Another ball. Look. Oh dear. They're coming right for us. At a moment like this, senor. I too wish I was at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> Again, it's there's a humorous side to this character as well that doesn't overwhelm it. Uh, he's just a lovely guy through and through, Miguel. And I think this is the first time we see that puppet as well. He uh, later returned in, in various minor roles. This is probably his biggest, biggest appearance. Oh, but there we go. Joe has now got himself ensnared in the giant clam. What's he going to do? He's only got a little bit of air left. You are under arrest. El Capitano. Be quiet, you vermin. You are under arrest also. What's oh, the charge? Dear. Where is your son, Professor? Joe? Uh, he's uh, in an aqua suit, diving about 145 feet below us. Oh dear, yes, it does sound a bit unlikely when you put it like that. It's murder of your own son. Murder? Oh dear. Take this miserable boat in tow. Wait. No, Professor. Yes, it's, it's an impossible situation that Max has been put in here. Because Joe really is down there with very little air. Oh dear. But who's going to believe it? And even if they do believe him, yes, they can't explain the fact that he's there trying to fix a submarine. It's all quite desperate. Um, which leads to a fairly um, emotional conclusion to this episode. Uh, because we don't actually... Well, we, we see Joe in trouble here. Do we see the patrol boat leave? Yes. So that's it. There's no last... There's no last-ditch rescue attempt for Joe. Even if he does get out of there, there's no one around to pick him up anymore. Poor Joe. <coughs> oh, I love the fact that there's some... Is that someone sort of camping outside the, the jailhouse there? But more fantastic stuff from Miguel. It is nearly time, senor. And again, the body language on Mac. It's so realistic. Huh. Forget it, amigo. This is a good they quote. The firing squad is very good. But then they get a lot of practice. I love that line. He's so matter-of-fact about it. You have a right to condemn it. He seems calm and casual. Murder, Joe. Max, absolutely beside himself. It's just great voice acting. And then... They are coming for us. He does that. It's just... This episode is like a showcase for Century 21's attempt to create a real world in miniature. It's beautiful. It's incredibly well done. All of this. But of course, by the authority of is all as it appears. Presidente Juan Are we really about to face a firing squad? Puerto Guava, and acting on the decision of the Supreme Court. Certainly seems that way. It's my duty to tell you. You are free to go. Oh, I hung that out a bit. Hey, Captain Magenta. Picking up some extra work as a, a jail guard. No doubt many prisoners escaped on his watch. That's about all, Dad. 
After I managed to free myself from that giant clam, I only had three minutes air left. But once I was inside the sub, I closed the inlet, pumped out all the water, and the rest was easy. Simple. Were you worried, Dad? <laughs> Max still got his frowning face on, which is a nice touch. Maybe a little. Dad. Oh, dear. Professor? Oh, and here's Miguel. Hello, Miguel. Come for his final scene. Life is a struggle. Don't tell me about I it. I plan to make us rich. Yay. I have a cousin <laughs> in Miami who will help us. Yeah. Why does this guy not have his own show? I, could, I would watch star. this. The boy Aquinox. Miguel's various attempts to uh, hatch money-making schemes. Well, full of dollars, senor. I'm sorry, Miguel. <laughs> We're going home. Oh. Aren't we, Joe? You bet, Dad. You are mad. Your son is mad. I am mad. Oh, it's a lovely note to end. A lovely episode of Joe 90. There we go. That was Big Fish. And as I said, all round, I just really enjoy that one. And it isn't even one of the greatest episodes of the series. <laughs> this just... Oh, like I said, everything that... Teleplay by Shane Rimmer. Come on. Uh, that's probably why he got the, uh, the voiceover work as well. Uh, yeah, everything this episode does, it just does so well. And that's something that I feel I can say a lot about with Joe 90, is that it's just everyone operating at the top of their game. Voice acting, uh, the set design, the models, the music. And it all just coalesces into this wonderful, and in this case, very realistic world. That's something else I, I like with Joe 90 a lot that this doesn't feel like the future with Captain Dan Daring or what, oh, that's actually a real person, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is so much more grounded and so much more real, and that pays off in episodes like this because, you know, the real world can be a bit of a slog, but when you recreate it in miniature, it, uh, it can also be a, a vessel for some fantastic storytelling. So yeah, all the way along the line, Big Fish has always been one of my favorite episodes Oh, Joe 90. Good stuff. Ah, Now, look at that happy, smiling face. Mm. <laughs> I'm so happy it was Joe. Joe 90, yeah. yeah. What's wrong with Joe 90? <sighs> I don't think we, we haven't really got time for that. Oh, Joe. We could do a whole podcast about that. In fact, we've done. I've done a whole video about it before. Oh where yeah, we, where I, I, you know, we had the case for and against yes. with, with Jack Knoll, yes. which I really enjoyed. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Did it sway you at all? A little bit. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, a little bit. So, what if you heard? Maybe you know. What if in, in the dim and distant future, mm. you know, there was a call for a new series of Joe Ninety? Yes. And everyone looked at Anderson Entertainment, and everyone looked at you and said, "Jamie, we want you to make a new series of Joe Ninety. Yeah. What would you do? We could do it absolutely. Oh. But but it's just for me. This is so boring, you don't want to hear this again. It's just about making Joe more likeable. That's okay. the thing. Okay, fair enough. For, for, and that's just my personal your opinion. Your personal opinion. Lots of you love Joe and think he's brilliant. Yeah, there you go. But uh, you're incorrect. Fair enough. So. Yes, uh, moving on to next week, pod mm, 294. 294. Because this one's done and dusted, I think. I think it really is, yeah. And I know you'll join us again because you always do. And I know you'll email us at podcast.jerryanderson.com and you'll comment on our YouTube channel and on our Facebook group. Mm. You might even leave us a rating on your platform of choice. Yeah, that's a review and a rating. Yeah, five stars and a few words about why you enjoy the podcast so much would be welcome. Uh, maybe some praise for the uh, presenters. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Oh yeah, that'd be yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. All right, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but until that glorious day, we'll love you and leave you. See you next week. Au revoir. A bientôt. Bye.
Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green. He's not even French. I know, but it's he's just, not it's even just French. Cool. It's just cool. It Do you not cool. get that? Do you know how sometimes when you hear someone's accent, you feel compelled to? But he hasn't copy even got it. a French accent. No, oh, just bear with me. He's not even French. Stop it. Sorry. But that's called, that's called echolalia, isn't it? Where you hear somebody speaking a certain way, and you you just naturally. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think there's the same thing with some like a cool word yeah. or phrasing or a yeah. name. I don't know what that's called. Echonomia, maybe. Okay, could be. So that, I, I just right. had I was compelled by the economia to okay. to put the look. Compelled in. by the economia. That's a fantastic excuse. If ever I get caught something I shouldn't be doing, I was yeah. I, I was compelled by the economia. Yeah. I feel like that's something that um, Professor Bergman might say uh, in an episode of Space, oh, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. Well, well, John, I think he was compelled by the economia. I like it. Yeah. Oh, can't wait. No, I think I'm just going to go and uh, compel my economia, if that's all right. <laughs> OK. Back in a minute. Have a great time. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. That was an Anderson Entertainment production. <laughs>